0: Welcome to Dents in the Darkness, the monthly podcast of the Northeast Collaborative. We're a new church network that empowers pastors to lead and launch healthy churches in Northeast America. I'm your host, Tim Madeira from WRGN, and I'm here with NEC's Executive Director, Dan Nichols. Well, This month, we have Front Yard Missions in the house. Jonathan Weibel and Steve, let's hear with us today. Dan, why did you want to have Jonathan and Steve in the podcast? And I bet you thought I couldn't do that in the house
1: thing. I'm so (laughs) impressed. Tim, that was so well done, man. Major props. Okay, so first thing you got to know about Jonathan and Steve is that they are big Office fans. So that's super cool. They're also passionate and gifted leaders that launched this incredible ministry called Front Yard Mission that mobilizes believers to live on mission effectively in their neighborhoods. And I jumped on their podcast last month. We're honored to have them here on Dents in the Darkness today. So pumped to have you guys. We are indeed. And uh, I think it's probably
0: bad time for me to confess that I have actually never seen an entire episode of The Office.
2: You're a bad person, Tim. You're a bad person.
0: (laughs) This is the wrong time for that, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the voice of Jonathan you heard. We're going to introduce you to Steve as well. In fact, we're going to let them introduce themselves and kind of give us an overview of their story and their family. We'll start with you, Jonathan.
2: Yeah. So my name is Jonathan Weibel, and I came from a little town called Bellevue, Ohio. It is kind of a misnomer though, because it means beautiful view. And if you've ever been to Bellevue, you would know it's not a beautiful view at all. I think it's kind of like a like when you call a Great Dane tiny; it's that kind of sarcasm the in, in, involved. But I came to Christ at nineteen through an accident. Somebody sent me a book as a joke. And it contained the four spiritual laws. And I ran over to my neighbors who I knew were believers and I said, I need Jesus. Show me how. Wow. <laughs> and my neighbors led me to Christ. I've been a I've been a pastor for a number of years. My kind of I, I look at my life, my ministry career in three acts. My the first act was I was a worship leader and a, a youth pastor for twelve or thirteen years. For the next seventeen years I was a church planter and planted three churches in the state college area. And really a couple years ago I felt the Lord speaking to both my wife and I about moving out of that role and going into front air missions and trying to catalyze a love your neighbor movement. So that's kind of how I got here. So I got I have one wife. Which I think is scriptural. Um, a man of one wife. I've got two two daughters that we adopted when they were fourteen and thirteen, and and three Bernice Mountain dogs and a cat. So that's that's my story, and I'm sticking with it.
0: All right, that's quite the uh, family you've got there. And uh, Steve, how about you?
3: Yeah, uh, grew up outside Philadelphia. I am not only went into ministry, but uh, you know a PK as well we're a Penn State family. That's where my wife and I met. Also where I experienced my call to ministry. Nice. I see some Penn State representation today. A big part of my calling, helped plant a church shortly after seminary in Philadelphia and then we moved back up uh, to the state college area where I've worn a lot of different hats. Uh, a lot of my ministry has actually been in the in the church-based collegiate ministry world. And uh, I wrote a couple books on that that I Apparently, people are still reading, but a big believer in reaching the next generation. And I've always been most comfortable kind of breaking new ground, pioneering, you know, the pioneering side of ministry. And that's just where I'm drawn. And that's part of what drew me into Front Yard Mission, because I'm just convinced like this is where, the church needs to go mm. and COVID only accelerated that. So I've been loving this journey that we're on figuring out, you know, what this front yard mission thing looks like. And, uh, married to Jess, uh, have three kids, two boys and a girl. And we have, we don't have Bernese mountain dogs. We have a cockatiel, a bunny rabbit, and a tortoise. So that's kind of how it goes in our house.
0: Apparently, variety the spice of life there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, you guys both mentioned front yard missions. I think you should probably tell our listeners what is it and why it's important. Why, especially now, as you just said, Steve, is this time of COVID a good time to look at front yard missions?
3: Yeah, you know, we, we talk about front mission as moving out in love towards the people God has put in your path. You know, I think that captures what Jesus is getting at in the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this reality that God has placed each of us in particular times and places, if you have a sovereign perspective, God has put us in particular times and places for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that includes the people immediately around us, physically, relationally. Including our physical neighbors, and so Frayard Mission and and Jonathan can speak to this as well. But for our Mission is really just about equipping everyday believers to be intentional with the people that God has put in our path.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think of kind of the idea you alluded to there, um, Steve, Acts 17, you know, God has placed us in these times and in this geography, right? Mm-hmm. And we don't have a very good theology of place, usually as believers, like we're always asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And um, we're, we're more concerned about vocation and not location, And where God has placed us is really important. And He it's He's placed us where we're at for a reason. Our geography is so important. And it says that so some might call out to him and and be saved, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. so that's a really important thing. I think we're so intentional about a lot of things in our life, but the thing that Jesus said was primary. Was to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. So let's get a little more intentional about that. And that's what Steve and I are trying to do. We're the co-founders of our mission and we're trying to catalyze a love your neighbor movement in yeah. our city but in our world too.
0: Yeah. So why is it so important at this time specifically as we're talking about in relation to COVID?
2: A, a couple things like we live in a Post Christian world, you know, really, but also during this pandemic, you know, at least a large part of our country has not been able to attend church. And it's kind of helped us see that maybe Sunday morning isn't the church or isn't Mm -hmm. just the church, that the church can exist outside those four walls. And that's really important. I think people are getting a vision and they're grabbing onto that idea that you're the church. And when you step outside of your front door, you're the church. And, you know, so I think that's a really important thing right now. Steve?
3: I mean, we like to say, you know, it's it's like the old mission impossible. You know, your yeah. mission, should you choose to accept it? We like to say it begins at your front door. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moment you step out, there is a mission, that, and God has given you a purpose. And, you know, I, I sort of did this mental exercise where, you know, one reason why I think this is so important for us right now, is that I think we need to recover, and this moment with COVID offers us the opportunity to do that, to recover a crucial part of our identity as Christians. You know, it, it, odds are, I mean, you do this for yourself, you know, if, if you're listening, but list off all the different things that God calls us, right? You know, like we're, we're beloved children, we're adopted as heirs and sons, you know, and, and there's a wonderful list of things that we come up with. But odds are for most of us, it would take a long time before we said the word neighbor. Mm. And yet, like Jonathan mentioned, when, when when Jesus is boiling it all down to what is the absolute essential, it's love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself. And it seems that we've sort of forgotten mm. how crucial that neighboring identity is to us as Christ followers. And I would argue it's some of why. For many of us in the church, we feel like we've been banging our heads against the wall for a while. Like, mm. hey, it's great. We got people coming through the doors on the weekend, but now it's time to go back out.
0: Right. What does that look like then as far as Front Yard Missions is concerned?
2: Well, Front Yard Mission is both a metaphor and it's not a metaphor. So <laughs> we, we, we believe um, that we need to move from the backyard where we're living in obscurity to our neighbors to the front yard you know it's both a philosophy and something really physical you know we want to get out to our front yards where our neighbors can see us and we can see our neighbors and 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 we can we can love our neighbors it's ri- like it's the simplicity of that like a lot of times um, we'll just come home, our garage door will open, we'll drive our car in, and we'll be there, we'll wall ourselves in all all night until we have to go to work in the morning, then our garage door opens again and we drive our car out. We never interact with our neighbors, and it's the primary thing that I think Jesus calls us to, and so um, we want to be more intentional about that, so that's...
0: Well, we are in a world where we don't necessarily know our neighbors' names, even. Yeah, no, I mean, right? I would challenge our listeners right now. Think about the, the house that's across the street from you. The house that's to the right or to the left. Do you know who they are?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tim, does it matter that you live in your neighborhood? If you moved tomorrow, would it have mattered that you lived there? I want it yeah. to matter. You know, mm-hmm. I, want it, yeah. I want it to matter.
0: Yeah, we've been encouraging pastors throughout these podcasts to uh, ask that question of their church as well. If your church folded today, yeah. would your neighbors know that that church was even there? Would they miss it? Absolutely. And you know,
3: in, in our context, you know, and and Dan, I've heard you reflect on this recently about, you know, the the growing conviction like my first ministry is my family. And and the importance of that of prioritizing that And I would argue, and this is how we're viewing it in leadership development in our context, that that next kind of ripple out is your immediate neighborhood, right? In terms of formation as a Christ follower, as a disciple and disciple maker, first we got to look inside the home, but then of course, immediately outside in the neighborhood, is the gospel brought to bear on the relationships of people that you are in closest proximity (laughs) with, right? That's kind of a big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, what joy and I have found my wife, joy and I, man, when we moved to our house on McLean street in Wilkesbury, before we made that move, we intentionally prayed together that God would give us opportunities to get to know our neighbors mm-hmm. and to bless our neighbors and to meet our neighbors. And I got to tell you, I think that's where it starts. I think we have to start by asking God give us opportunities and he loves answering. It's kind of a dangerous prayer because Mm -hmm, the more I've prayed that God has given me new opportunities, but I'll tell you the biggest thing he's done is he has showed us where the opportunities have always been. Mm. We just haven't seen it. We just haven't recognized them for what they are. Yeah. Mm. What are some of the big opportunities
0: or uh, wins that you have seen with front yard missions?
2: Yeah, I, I would say, um, we've got like buckets of these things, like, <laughs> like nationally, we've seen, um, some great things happening. And then like, like locally in, in our church that Steve and I attend to, um, one story that kind of pops into my mind is, um, there's a neighborhood in, in our city and, and, um, they go to our church and, and, um, they started to during COVID started bringing a local band because musicians, you know, I'm a musician and, a lot of musicians are out of work at this time so they started booking a local band regularly to play at the cul de sac and Cultus called sac yes the uh, something <laughs> like that and um, they, I heard I heard it when it came out I knew that wasn't right um, and so they they would they would play at the end of their street and all their neighbors would come and they would pitch in and they would they would give money to the band and then like last month um, the band moved, they like bought a house on that street because they felt so loved by the church Mm. and by these front yard missionaries that live on that street that they, they're like, we want to be a part of you. And I love that story. That's, that's amazing. You know, like uh, to me, that's like, those are the awesome stories. And, You know, there's lots of big ones, lots of small ones. We, well, before Steve goes in, one of the things that Susie and I did, you know, we're like crazy Bernice mountain dog people. And, uh, we, we also lead a kind of a tribe of, uh, 750 other Bernice mountain dog owners. Um, so we have a, we have a Facebook group and we have meetups and it's so much fun with all you get like 20 or 30 Bernice mountain dogs in one space, lots of hair, lots of slobber. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lots lots of fun stuff. But the, the we decided um for COVID, you know, you have to be creative during COVID. And so we decided to do a um foot pet photos with Santa. So we went around to our neighborhood and we handed out um just flyers inviting people on a Saturday morning to our garage where we set up Santa's workshop. We had a guy in our Bernice Mountain Dog Club who's a professional Santa, and let me just tell you guys personally, those guys aren't right. Just
0: (laughs) (laughs) something a little Um, off to make them do that. It's
2: it's fine. (laughs) You need those people; they're awesome. And if he's listening, he's an outstanding human being. But so we did this, and we had sixty or seventy people come and bring their dogs, and we did, you know, photos with them with 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 their, their. their pets with Santa. And then we, you know, my wife is a really great photographer and she, she emailed them the photos. So we got all their emails too, which was kind of nice. So anyhow, that was a lot of fun. Very creative. I love it.
3: I I love the, you know, over the past, I don't know, year, year and a half, we've seen a lot of kind of individual creativity like that, where people take something they're already engaged in and they love Jonathan's case, you know, it's, it's the dogs. Right. And then, they kind of bring in this missional intentionality to something they're already doing and to a community that they're already part of. And that's, that's one of the things that we want to talk a lot about when it comes to front yard mission is a lot of times people will disqualify themselves because they'll say I'm too busy Mm. and then say, I don't, I don't really have time for that. so, and we're really saying bring that sense of neighborly, intentionality to the things you're already doing. If your kids are busy with sports, guess where your front air admission is? It's on that sideline with the other parents, Mm -hmm. right? There's all these different places where it's really about, we were talking about earlier, an awareness and a kingdom mindset shift that comes into that. I do want to tell one other story though. Uh, You know, going back to Christmas, and I, I, I no. view COVID in many ways as a blessing in that it provided some constraints mm-hmm. and forced us to get creative in some new avenues that we ordinarily would not have. So, you know, the, the challenge for us is like, how do you grow a front yard ministry while there's social distancing and people are supposed to be keeping their distance and we're saying get closer, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we encouraged, knowing that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people even if they're not really churchgoers, we'll do something at Christmas Eve. So we said, okay, we're not going to get a lot of people in our church buildings this year, but how can we actually send that back out into the neighborhoods? So we put together a little kit, and we called it a Front Yard Mission Christmas. And we said, we're going to give you some candles. We're going to give you some ideas about how to gather people. And so we had, I was thinking maybe five or ten, families would take us up on this Front Yard Mission Christmas idea. We ended up having like 26 different Front Yard Mission Christmas celebrations.
1: That's great.
3: I I created a little Spotify playlist if they wanted to sing along to some Christmas carols and put it on the Bluetooth speakers, which some people used. We had, um, you know, just like little different resources for them to host that. And we said, hey, do the Linus moment from the Charlie Brown Christmas special, read from Luke two. tell a little bit about the gospel story, sing some Christmas songs that point to Jesus and bless your neighbors. And Mm. some people added to that and they said, let's do some cookie exchanges. Let's do, you know, some other things that felt festive. And that was, that was just awesome to see because people took an idea and they ran with it Mm. and they blessed their neighbors. And a lot of people would not have been in church that year, heard the gospel celebrate Christmas in a new way in their neighborhood with people they're already in relationship with Mm,
1: incredible
0: Dan you were going to say something
1: yeah I just think for listeners hearing what you guys are talking about it to me it's so exciting because you know as as a a vocational missionary (laughs) I get really pumped about this but for anyone listening that isn't either a full-time pastor and even some full-time pastors they listen to this and they go what how do I have time for this? Because I got so much going on with the church. Like I'm taking care of the church. How do we do this? And I think what you're highlighting in your stories are two key things. First of all, key cultural events on in the calendar, just the normal yeah. flow and rhythm of American life. We can take advantage of those. Not adding something to it necessarily, but doing what you're already doing. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Just a normal right. flow. But then the other part of it is, Be who God made you to be. My friend Jim Murphy says this all the time. Do what you do and bring people with you. Mm -hmm. It's really it's it's really simple, but we are experts at complicated simple. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would be so far out of
0: place with the Bernese mountain dogs. However, motorcycles is my thing, and it's so easy to connect. When I see a motorcyclist somewhere, or we're pulling up to get gas yeah. or whatever. And yes, you can use those opportunities uh, as a simple way to share the gospel. Now, you've mm-hmm. got a, a phrase that you guys use as far as the front yard missions is concerned. Kind of walk us through that.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a three-part, for lack of better words, we call it our mantra. I don't know. That's probably mm-hmm. not great to say that. but yeah, it, it flows. Mission mantra. There you go. Yeah, it flows. yeah. yeah. There we go. But before I do that, Tim, I have to just brag on Steve a little bit. Okay. So with one of the things he didn't tell you about like a front yard mission win is he built a roller coaster in his backyard. Okay, like a, I'm there for that, Steve. Wheel. <laughs> and it was it was featured on a true green commercial and it's like yeah, so Scott's
0: long like, hair, Yeah. Oh man. I love roller coasters. My wife petrified of roller coasters. Fortunately, oh I have three gosh. daughters that will go on with me. My wife tried shortly after we got married. She said, I'll go on with you. Uh, spent most of the time on the floor of the uh, roller coaster cart. <laughs> I, I wound up with the claw marks in the arm and all that. But uh, yeah, there's always ways to connect. That's fantastic, yeah. Steve.
3: You can so find out somewhere on YouTube. I'm going to check it it's, out. Uh, but that, that's something that my kids were basically forcing me to build, but we turned it into something with some neighborly intentionality. That's you know, cool. we want to build this so that neighbors can use it. And it's not technically in our front yard, but it starts in the back and goes to the side and you can see it from our front yard. So I think it counts. <laughs>
2: awesome. You get, a, you get a pass on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we have this mantra that we, we always say, um, that we button everything with when we, when we do like our front air mission show or, or whatever. And I'll, I'll take the first one. Um, but it's pray first. So that's what we talk about. We want to, we, if, if God's not mm. in it, I'm not sure I want to be a part of it. Mm. So we're always praying, we're always praying first, praying for our neighbors, um and just having that compassionate heart to to pray for them and inviting God into it, you know, like and this isn't my thing. I'm just joining God in what he's already doing. What he already told me to do. So pray first. Doesn't that help yeah. with the intentionality too when when that is the focus? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's like it's there's a little bit of taking the pressure off of me. My daughter and I last year we did a we did an alpha course in our living room for our neighbors, like just before COVID. And one of my neighbors who was a Afghanistan veteran, he lost both of his legs. I've been praying for him for three years, um, every day, praying for him specifically. And he started coming to our alpha course, and about week seven into it. He shared, "Oh yeah, by the way, last week I gave my life to Jesus on Wednesday," and I'm Praise like, Lord. "I'm like, but I was ticked off. I was like, <laughs> I'm an evangelist, and I'm like, God, I didn't get a piece of that. I've been praying <laughs> this guy.
3: Do I at least get partial
2: credit?" And, did and dude, I was like, and I was, then I was, you know, my spirit was quickly checked when I realized, okay, yeah, it's all about you, anyhow. Yeah, right,
1: right. but that story is so important, Jonathan, because. When it comes to prayer, I think we are so, we we give up so quickly because we want our prayers answered right away. And I think oftentimes God's, uh, not that he does stuff just depending on what we do, but I think part of what he does in prayer is he changes us to become more like Jesus. And he really wants us to learn that, you know, ministry is messy. And oftentimes it takes way longer to see fruit than just an instantaneous answer.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah, And I, I think it opens up our eyes too. Like I'm, I'm much more likely to see the opportunities and the doors that he's opening. If I'm praying about them, mm-hmm. so he, he's doing stuff all the time. Right. I, th- I think, I think Piper says this God's up to 10,000 things and two or three of which you're aware of at any given yeah, moment. Right. Yep. And uh, prayer certainly helps my spiritual awareness meter to mm-hmm. go up. Mm-hmm. So, so Jonathan mentioned pray first and then love all and invite often so i'll hit the the love all we we just think there's been, there's been sort of a truncated view in the evangelical world sometimes when it comes to outreach where we say okay yeah pray for pray for your neighbors and then make sure you get to that gospel presentation as quick as you can and that's that's what a lot of people were raised on and then sort of soured on like well that doesn't really feel relational or authentic or and the fact is jesus said Love your neighbors. And it certainly should get to that point of sharing the good news. But there are so many different ways to love your neighbors in addition to that. And, you know, it's simply being aware of what are the needs around you. So, you know, for us this past summer and now into the winter, it's this elderly neighbor who, you know, some health challenges. They needed their grass cut, they needed their snow shoveled. That was a very practical deeply appreciated way for us to love them and serve them. And so there, there's all kinds of ways to love people and serve them. And the more you know them, the more you know what's going on in their lives, the better equipped you can be to to reach out in love and move out in love towards them.
1: On that note, I I heard Dave Ferguson tell a a story from a doctoral dissertation that he read where there were two missions teams that went overseas. One had the philosophy of convert. So we're going to go and we're going to spend all of our time just trying to convert people. And the other was we're going to spend time blessing people. And what happened was, I forget the period of time, but after that period of time, they went to the mission field internationally, same amount of time. The blessed team had like 22 conversions and the convert team had like two conversions. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see that philosophy of going, hey, we're just going to love people on purpose. And, and not that they didn't share the gospel, but that wasn't their first goal. Their first goal was to establish that they love those folks, genuinely love them. And I think the order of what you're saying is good. You're not saying don't share the gospel. You're saying live the gospel so you can share the gospel. No. Yeah, absolutely. One other, one other point in love all would be this. Don't
2: forget, allow your neighbors to love you. Like they are not the project. Mm. You're the project. They're not the project. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. but a part of relationship is it's, it's a two way street and they get just as much out of loving you as you do out of loving them. And maybe more like I They like my, I want my neighbors to know I need them Mm. and they're valued in my life. That's a big part of it that we often miss. It's like we put ourselves in the Superman position and the hero position and that, that doesn't make for a very good relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so
1: I think it's a, it's a two way street. Love all is a two way street. Mm -hmm. One of the best things in our neighborhood was when we were going through big stuff with our son. He's had several open heart surgeries, like seeing our neighbors do that for us. Like my neighbor, Joe, has cut my yard more times than I can count. And it's Mm -hmm. amazing what happens when you have that relationship where it's a real relationship, not something where it's a transactional. Oh, well, I'm just going to be nice to you almost. And that's part of why I think Christians get that. That bad rap of like, we're just like uh, multi level MLM um, pyramid, pyramid <laughs> yeah. scheme salespeople, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got pray first, love all, and then invite
2: often. What are you inviting them to? Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that you're not inviting them to is church. Um. Yes and no on that. I mean, Our yeah. pastors listening are right. going,
0: "What? You're not inviting them to church?" <laughs> that,
2: that's what. That's the first thing you think <laughs> of. And I want to kind of get get it out there that we're inviting them really, ultimately, into the life of Christ. Amen. Hmm. That's that's what we're inviting them into. Now that might start with inviting them to a barbecue or inviting them over to your house or to you know, in our case, walk our dogs with us. You know, we do that a lot with our neighbors and you're inviting them into Christ, into the conversation, into your life. Um, And yeah, Yeah. you can invite them to church, but you know what? During the pandemic, we haven't been able to do that. So we've had to look outside of that. So that's been a good Mm thing.
3: We do. We do talk about three invitations, you know, inviting them into your life. And that's, it's part of that non-transactional, but just relational method. Uh, And hopefully, as you invite people into your life, church should be a part of that. You know, I I think what we're trying to get away from is the old mindset of my only job is to invite my unbelieving friends to church and then, you know, pastor does the rest. And that's really, that's not what a, that's not how a missionary
1: thinks. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's how, that's why I think the, the church has been so weak is because we yeah. relegated all this to the professionals, but yeah. there's so few professionals. And Billy Graham, man, thank thank God for his ministry. My mom came to Christ through his ministry. I'm thankful. But hardly anybody that I've ever met has an opportunity to sit behind a microphone and preach to millions in a stadium. But right. every believer can do front yard mission. That's right. That's, so good. That's right. Yeah.
3: And then, hopefully, as you're continuing to relate to people, inviting them into your life, there will be an invitation to receive Christ, and 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 that should come really as kind of an organic, natural outflow of all the other stuff that's happening in that relationship.
2: Yeah, I mean, front yard missions really allows for that. You are it's 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 the long game, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and, it, and that's okay, it's not microwave evangelism and it is crockpot At best. And that's certainly
0: one of the things that I have kind of been getting a hold of lately is that God plays the long game. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. we've seen it throughout biblical history. Uh, You've got the Old Testament that's foreshadowing the New Testament, the New Testament that's leading up to the 2,000 years since that time. And that's a long game that we have a hard time in our 70 or 80 years getting a hold of.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh man.
3: So good. Yeah. Part of that sovereign perspective, like yes. that God is at work. He's been at work long before you moved in next to your neighbors. God was at work, Amen. right? When Amen. you move away or they move away, God's still at work. And so, and and even now we're preparing for the age to come and, you know, hopefully what we're doing, it leads to that and reflects on that. Hmm.
0: Now, how can you encourage our pastors that are listening? We've got a lot of leaders here in the Northeast that uh, are listening
2: to this podcast. Uh, How can you encourage them during this time? I think, uh, A, you are seen. You are seen by God. He cares deeply about you. I know that you know that, but do you really know it? You know, like um, I was a lead pastor for 17 years. And it can get really lonely. Um, And I would also encourage you that vulnerability and transparency um, with what you're going through is worth the risk of being exposed. Yes. It just is. Because isolation and loneliness is not good for our soul. You know, I have been burned in my life cause I've been too transparent, but, um, it's worth the risk. And it's right now is a hard season because there's so much, uh, decision d- decisions that you're making and, and it's wearing on the soul. Um, but like get alongside somebody else that you love, that you trust, um, And I think, I think that's, for me, that's always been part of the secret sauce of any success I've had is getting alongside somebody who loves me. That's not going to, not going to expose me to the world. And you know what I mean? Like you can, you can be yourself and feel loved and cared for and be able to be transparent. It's hard to do though. It is,
3: you know, uh, totally agree with that. And, and, you know, Jonathan and I have both, both been through the meat grinder of ministry And, you know, something that I think is very timely to the moment that we're in, and I've been studying transitions, how God uses transitions in our lives. And one of the things that really spoke to me, and I I think is true for many of us, is that transitions are often where God weans us from, you know, the, the should of ministry where it has to be done this way you should be doing it this way where there's 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 been this voice of should that we've heard for so long that it sounds like god to us hmm. and the transition is often where god will wean us from that and i think covid's been doing that for a lot of us and we feel threatened even because what we knew has been taken away in 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 many ways and yet God has good in purpose, you know, in in store for us in that. Mm. And one of the things he wants to do is work on our ability to recognize his voice. And so where some of that should doesn't make sense or feels even more crushing and burdensome than ever, God is saying, make the most of this transition and make sure that you're really hearing from me and for many of us me included that includes kind of developing some new muscles some new muscle groupings that haven't worked that way before mm. but it's for our good yeah. and it opens up a whole new vista and and um, and pathway for us oh, that's yeah. so
0: good that is so good well we appreciate you guys taking the time to uh talk to us uh, what can we pray for you for as our listeners are listening to the podcast today we'll start with you steve
3: man i would love your prayers as we are uh, very much still figuring this out for, for us uh, in our context and wanting to continue to bless the church uh, as we figure out what is, what does this look like post COVID? What does it mean to be a church on mission? And I also have my hands in some digital discipleship stuff, um, figuring out what that means as well. And so we would ask for prayer for that for sure.
2: Okay. Jonathan. I think for me, um, one of the things that I was doing the first month, um, as a, as the front air mission director is come up with a citywide strategy that is applicable, not just to state college where Steve and I live, but to the world and to, and to, to our country and wherever you're at, you can apply it. I know Dan's read it and, and, um, giving me some feedback on it, but, right now I'm recruiting what's called front yard missionary shepherds. And I have about 30 right now. And these shepherds are point people in their neighborhood who will mentor and disciple other front air missionaries that are around them. So this is a big part of our book that Steve and I are writing called front air mission. So it's kind of a proof of concept for the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, Okay, God, this needs to fly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, how can people who might be interested in what you guys are doing get in contact with you?
3: Well, I would say the first place we would love people to check out is the Facebook group. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we can, we can make sure you have the link. So that's in the description. Yeah.
0: It'll be in the show notes. One of the
3: things I love about that is every day we're seeing people post from really all over the country. Here's what I'm doing with my neighbors. So mm. it's a great source for not only stories and ideas, but it's just super encouraging. Mm. So love what God is doing there. And, and also the Instagram and then, um, frontyardmission.com It has a lot more information about what we're trying to do. And, uh, We'll, we'll share more of the book there as we work on it. The, uh, the work, the other working title, for the Front Yard Mission book is There Goes the Neighborhood. So (laughs) 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 we'll be be sharing. We hope to uh, finish that and get that in people's hands later this year.
0: Oh boy. Some great information on today's podcast as we talk about Front Yard Missions and connect you as leaders with the resources and people that can help you in your ministry as we help to lead and launch healthy churches here in the Northeast. As always, all the resources that we talked about in today's show will be found in the show notes. And if something you heard in today's podcast was helpful to you, make sure you share Dents in the Darkness with someone else who might be helped by what we do.